It is important to be able to spot counterfeits. I, I was thinking about this this week, that there are so many fakes, so many fakes of, of so many different types, right? You get an email that says, um, your credit card has been uh, compromised, please call us or send us your information uh, and um, we will get this fixed for you. And all you have to do is send your date of birth, your address, your social security number, your credit card number, and uh, then they will take care of you or take you to the cleaners. <laughs> but but whether, it is, whether it is communications, uh, whether it is um, money, bills, right? You get a bill and you need to know, how do I know? Is this a, a genuine bill or is this a fake? Is this an imposter? And so you hold it up to the light and you check uh, if there's a, a watermark there. You, you check for the little security band that goes through it. Maybe you have one of those fancy pens that you, you swipe and you say, okay, did it turn gold or did it turn black? Is this real or is this fake? And we do this all the time, right? We have, to, we have to check and see, are our friends real or are they fake? Is the news real or is it fake? How do we check these things? Is this product real or is it fake? How do we check? We check the, the, the um, we can check consumer reports. You can check uh, all kinds of different places. You can check with experts. You can check from other points of view, right? If, if you hear something and you go, wow, that, that's true. Every time I go, wow, really? I stop. Because that, wow, really, to me, is an indicator I should check another source. Right? Really? That sounds really convenient. I check a different source, and I see from multiple reliable sources, is this true? Well, one of the things that we're looking at this morning is righteousness. What is true righteousness? How can you tell the difference between genuine righteousness and fake or counterfeit righteousness. So would you turn with me this morning to uh, Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to be starting in verse 1. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that, you may be giving, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. In verse 1, he says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. He said, look, we want you to be careful because if you're practicing your righteousness to be seen by other people, then uh, there will be no reward for you from your Father who is in heaven. 
So genuine righteousness, that's going to be rewarded by the Father who is in heaven, but fake, um, non-genuine righteousness, this is not going to be rewarded. And one of the indicators of that is beware of practicing your righteousness uh, before other people with the purpose that they might see it, right? In order to be seen by them. Now, Jesus is going to give us three different examples of what this looks like. This is the categorical, right? This is the, the, the sort of headline. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people. Don't do that. Then he's going to give us three examples of what this might look like in different areas of righteousness. He's going to do this in giving. He's going to do this in prayer. And then he's going to do this in fasting. And, and this morning, we're going to just look at the first two examples. The, that uh, this um, in giving and in prayer. But, but I want to point out that this is beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. Are you allowed to be righteous even if other people are around? Yes. Yes. You are allowed to be righteous even if other people are around. Even if other people see that you are righteous, that's okay. The purpose of being righteous is not for them, however, right? So I just want to be clear about that. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, in order to be seen by them. Because uh, this is, is, so uh, one of the things, a new new phrase that I learned last year-ish was virtue signaling, Right? I can see a couple of head nods. Yeah, you were well aware of virtue signaling. Maybe even before last year, you were aware of virtue signaling. What is virtue signaling? Virtue, virtue signaling, according to one, uh, one definition, is the action or practice of publicly expressing opinions or sentiments intended to demonstrate one's good character or moral correctness of one's position on a particular issue. So that is that you are going to do something or say something to demonstrate to others that you are morally correct. You are morally good. And the reason that you would say that thing or do that thing is so that others would see and they would know, oh, they're one of the good ones, right? This always bothered me because the difference between virtue signaling and virtue is, is difficult to tell the difference, right? Or can be. Sometimes I would find myself going, wait, am I doing... Th-? People might think I'm virtue signaling if I do this, but I genuinely want to do it. So that's just virtue, Right? That's, just, that's no longer signaling, that's just virtue, but then people might perceive it to be virtue signaling. It gets very confusing sometimes. But one of the challenges with virtue signaling, that is to do something or say something in order that others might say, yes, they are morally correct, is that things change. 
And around here, and I don't mean in this building per se, but just in this culture at large, things can change rather rapidly. And so the things that you said and did last year for the sake of virtue signaling, uh, this year might signal the wrong things, right? They might look at those things and say, oh, last year that was the right thing to do. This year, that's the wrong thing to do. I can't believe you ever did that. People are fickle. People are fickle. What do we do about that, right? If, if people are going to judge us for what they think that we are doing, how in the world can we please them? And some of you are already going, I don't think we can, nor do I necessarily want to. And that is where we want to be, right? That, that is what Jesus is, is saying here. As he's talking to his disciples, he says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Now, as I said, this is for the purpose that they might see it. Because just like 20 verses ago in Matthew 5 verse 16, listen to what Jesus said. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So as I was reading this and I was thinking, okay, be careful not to let anybody see what you're doing, because then I get no reward. But then I went, wait a second, didn't Jesus said, let, let, let people see what we do? Yeah, just not, like, I was, I was expecting this is how terrible it is. I was expecting to find that like in Paul or one of the other Gospels or something. No, I preached on this like two weeks ago. Because Jesus just said it like 20 verses ago. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. The purpose, again, that they might see what we do is so that they might praise God. Right? So the difference is actually pretty stark. We are doing the right thing. We are acting righteously. We are doing good things, good works even. But we are not doing that so that other people around might see and applaud and tell us, oh, wow, you are doing really great. You are such a great guy. You're doing really well. But the reason that we would do it is to please our Father who is in heaven. And if others see that they too would go, wow, he serves a really great God. Wow, she must have a really wonderful God. That they would praise your Father who is in heaven for seeing what it is that you are doing. That is the purpose. And so now Jesus is going to uh, give us a couple of examples so that we might know that we are God-pleasers, Heavenly Father-pleasers, and not people-pleasers. How do we know? Right? We want our righteousness to be genuine. We want our faith to be genuine. So how do we know? How do we know if it's genuine? Thus, verse 2, When you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. 
Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you. Isn't that a weird thing to think about? Think about somebody going before you and blowing this trumpet. Travis is giving to the needy. Travis, generous man that he is, giving to those who are in need. Just want everyone to know, here comes Travis, that most generous of men, the man we all love to see because here he is and he is giving to those who are in need, those poor, pitiful people who don't have enough. But thankfully, here comes Travis and he is going to provide for all of their needs. And we just think this is ridiculous. No one does this, right? No one goes blowing trumpets and saying, hey, look at me, look at how good I am. Do you know we are headed into a season of giving Thanksgiving is coming up. Christmas is coming up. This is a season of giving and you are about to walk into stores if it hasn't happened already and you will see pieces of paper and the cashier will ask you, would you like to give today to whatever it is our cause is? And you will say, yes. And they would say, would you like to give $5 or $10 or $20 or $150? And depending on what you say and how much money you're willing to give out of the generosity of your heart, they will put your name on a piece of paper and they will post it so that everyone can see. So that you can walk through Costco and you can see the great big hot air balloons with the huge names printed on it, $500 donor. Out of the goodness of their hearts. They gave $500 so that their name could be up there and you could see how generous they were. It actually happens quite frequently. I was the president of the PTA for a while and one of the things that I learned is if I went to a corporate sponsor and I asked them for a $100 donation, and we would mention that they gave, they might be willing to do that. If I asked them for a $3,000 donation and said theirs was the only name that would be printed on the program, t-shirt, whatever it was, they would be far more likely to do that. They would be far more likely to be generous to give to our need if they got more recognition for it. Look, don't, don't think that because we are not corporate people, right, that we are not like that. We, we have those same tendencies. We are a self-promoting people. We want people to know. We want people to know that we are the kind of people who are kind and generous. But what Jesus is saying is, look... When you're giving to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Because truly I say to you, they have received their reward. They have received their reward. 
Now, the, the solution is not to be stingy, right? Oh, don't worry, Travis, I never give. When I go through the line and the cashier asks me if I would like to donate, I always say no, because I am not a hypocrite. I'm just stingy. Right? He, he's not saying don't give to those who are in need. The expectation is that you will give to those who are in need. The expectation is that you will take care of those who have more need than you. And, and Jesus expects that. He just says, when you do that, and we all know you're going to do that, but when you do that, when you go to help those who are in need, you're not doing it for public recognition. You're not doing it for the people over there. You're just going to help in this need. Because otherwise, you are going to be a hypocrite. You are, are doing it for show, like an actor who, who is just performing. It's not a true generosity. It's that I want people to see. And so I'm, I'm acting this out. I'm acting out the generosity. I'm acting out the selflessness so that people will see and recognize who I want them to think I am. But he says, but when you do that, when you are acting, the person that you are acting for will then acknowledge, oh yes, good job, that was well done, and you will have received your reward. You, you, you got what you were looking for. If you're looking to please those who are around you, then you will receive their praises and congratulations, you got it. You got it. But he contrasts that and says, now, what if, what if instead of seeking their praises, you sought someone else's praises instead? What if instead of seeking the praises of men and women around you who were observing your behavior, what if trying to impress them was no longer your goal, but instead you were trying to impress or please your Father who is in heaven? He says, when, but when you give to the needy, don't let your left hand know what the right hand is doing. And I know people who have taken this to the extreme. They say, I just have some money in my wallet, and when it's time to give, I just reach in there, and I don't even look, and I just give it so that I don't even know how generous I'm being. I, I, don't, I don't think that's what Jesus means here. He's, he's just talking about, look, we're, we're, we're trying to uh, be generous Right? You, can, you can know how generous you're being. Am I sacrificially giving a dollar or $20 or $100? You can, you can know that. You can intentionally work out, this is how much I want to give in this area. But who is it for? You see, the reason that the left hand shouldn't know what the right hand is doing is so that it is secret, so that people are not observing or knowing because it's not for them. If they happen to find out, okay. I, I, it's not going to be like top secret, like the, no one could possibly know I'm going to encode this so that no one can see. But I'm not going to broadcast it either. Because my purpose is that I'm going to give because my heavenly Father loves me and I know that He loves them too. And so I want to love on them because my heavenly Father loves them 
And so I'm going to give to that need because that's who my heavenly father is. And I know that he's going to see and he's going to recognize it and he's going to be delighted. He's going to be delighted. I don't need anybody else to know. I don't need anybody else to see because my heavenly father sees. And we're sharing in doing this thing that we love to do together. God, God loves to take care of the needs of people. You could see that in the way that Jesus walked through the world and the people that he touched and helped and talked to and lifted up and encouraged and loved on. Jesus, Jesus loved to help people. He loved to help people. Our Heavenly Father loves to help people. And so we love to help people because He loves that. Have you ever had a, a friend or a, a family member that really liked to do something and you sort of liked to do it, but you loved to do it with them? You loved to do it with them. I, I have, I have uh, family members that, that love to play games. I like to play games. But I like to play games with family members even more than I like to play games by myself. Because they enjoy it, and we enjoy doing it together. We, we enjoy doing activities together. And things that I wouldn't necessarily love to do on my own, I love to do with somebody else. And our Heavenly Father is saying, look, you can participate with me in this. Don't worry about them. Don't worry about what they think. Maybe they think it's great that you're giving to the needy. That's fine. Maybe they think it's terrible that you're giving to the needy. That's fine too. We're not going to worry about them. We're not going to worry about them. We're just going to do what we know is right. And our Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. What is this reward? What is this? Can we, can we give enough money to needy people that God will give us rewards? What does that look like? And I, I've heard people talk about, oh yeah, the more money you give, the more money God will give you. It does not say that. It doesn't say that. It just says that He will reward you. He, he will give you what goes along with your behavior, right? So, so this, this word is like um, paying somebody wages. So they did work and then they got paid. And when you're doing something for the benefit of the people who are over there and they give you praise and say, oh, good job, well done, then I got what I was looking for. I got their approval. I got their praise. And here, it's not so much the emphasis on what the reward is as who is giving the reward, right? That if, if those people are going to give us praises, then our Heavenly Father, He's going to praise us. He's going to see us. He's going to love us. Not just because we did the work, but because we are His children. He loves us. And then when we are His children doing what His children do, Oh, he delights in that. He, he created the world. He created you and me. And he created the whole world. And he said, this is very good. This is very good. And then sin got into the world and messed everything up. 
and we know I am not very good. I wish I was very good. I would love for people to tell me I am very good, but I know deep down I am not very good. Which is why we do hypocritical things, right? It's why we want to perform for people so that they will see the things that we do outwardly and they will go, oh, you are very good, even though we know inside, no, not so much. And what we long for is that approval and that praise But when we are just doing what we know we should do, our Heavenly Father who sees in secret, He will be the one. He will be the one that says, Well done. Well done. Do you know those times when you do something that you don't really want to do, it's hard to do, or unpopular? for you to do it, but you have that one person who's going to stand behind you and go, well done. And you go, okay, I know. I didn't really want to do this. But they were there and they said, well done. And that's all that really matters. It doesn't matter if it wasn't popular with everybody else. Just, it only matters that they, that they saw it, that they cared. Nobody else needs to know as long as they care. That's what we have in our Heavenly Father. That's what we have in our Heavenly Father, who sees everything. He knows everything. There is nothing that escapes Him. And so when we do something, and then uh, there's fallout from that, or it doesn't go quite the way we thought, or nobody recognizes how hard it was and what we sacrificed to do it, and yet our Heavenly Father sees it. It says, oh, well done. Well done. Who, who is that that we're seeking that praise from? I, I don't know if you've read this story. It, um, it's called Pride and Prejudice. I, I, as I was thinking about this, I was just thinking about this book. And if you haven't read it yet, spoiler alert. But I feel like it's an old enough book that hopefully, hopefully I'm not spoiling it for anybody. But Mr. Darcy, right? Mr. Darcy really likes Elizabeth, and she's sort of lukewarm about him. But he hears that Elizabeth's younger sister Lydia is in need. And so he goes and he helps Lydia. This foolish girl has gotten herself into trouble. She's got herself mixed up with this man that she should not have gotten mixed up with. And Mr. Darcy comes in and he saves the day. And Elizabeth hears about it afterwards and goes, I had it all wrong. Here this whole time, I thought he had it out for this guy who was his enemy, and he actually did good for his enemy for the sake of my sister, and I know that he just did that because he likes me. Can you imagine the difference if Mr. Darcy had trumpeted his behavior in helping Lydia? If he had gone talking with all the other guys, oh yeah, there was this foolish girl, Lydia, but I helped her out. She was in this jam and I really helped her out. Do you think that Elizabeth would have been going, wow? Nope. Nope. 
She wouldn't have liked that at all. But because he did it in secret, because he didn't care what anybody else thought or if anybody else knew, he didn't even care if Elizabeth knew. He was just doing it to help her sister because he loved her. What is our motivation? What is our motivation in giving? What is our motivation in doing what is right? He says, Jesus is saying, look, doesn't matter who else sees. Your heavenly Father sees, and that's all that matters. If we're seeking the love of our Father who is in heaven, it is only He who must know. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Again, this seems kind of foreign to me, right? That we would stand out on the corner. That would not be super popular, I don't think. To just go out and stand on the corner and pray so that everybody might see you. But we might do it anyway. There might be some people who would see There might be some people who would see and call us weirdos. There might be other people who would see and go, wow, that's so cool. I think it's great that you do that. I know. I think it's pretty great of me too. Why are we doing it? Who is it for? What are we hoping to accomplish? There are times that I think that people shy away from from praying in public because of this kind of thing, that they're afraid that somehow they're going to do it wrong, right? Or they're embarrassed about how they would pray because they're praying in public. Look, we pray in public all the time. I, I pray in public all the time. I stand up here and we pray together. How do I know that I'm not doing that hypocritically? If I'm standing up here and I'm talking to you with our eyes closed, I'm doing it hypocritically. If I'm trying to impress you with the type of prayer I pray and the words I pray and the length of the prayer or the ornateness of the prayer or how smooth and wonderful the prayer is, I'm doing it hypocritically. But if we are praying together and I'm talking to my Father who is in heaven and I remember that I'm talking to my Father and you are participating with me in prayer so that we are praying together, then it's not hypocritical anymore. Who's, who's the audience of the prayer. Who, who are we hoping to impress? I, I'm really not trying to impress anyone when we pray, right? We're, we're not trying to impress you. We're not trying to even impress God. We're just wanting to talk to God and say, God, this is our need. We talk to you because we love you. So it's, it's not, again, it's not the praying in public that's a problem. It's who is the focus of that. Who are we trying to talk to? Who are we trying to communicate with? Now, I say that because, look, we, we go just 
uh, into verse 6, and it says, But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And I, I think that there are times that that should be the case, right? Maybe even the bulk of our prayer should be that kind of prayer. The bulk of our prayer, the most that we talk to God, should be in that private place, that us and God, I'm just talking with you, God. There's nobody else here. There are no other distractions. We know that we're not trying to, dis- to impress anybody else here because it's just you and me, God. Just you and me right here. But we can pray together. The disciples pray together all the time. As long as we keep the focus on where the focus is, who are we talking to? Who are we talking with? And when you get rid of all the other distractions, when you go into the closet or into the, the room and you close the door and so there's nobody else there, then we can focus and I, can, I know, I know because there's nobody else here that I'm talking with God. And when you're doing that kind of prayer, then when you get into the public spaces, it's not weird. It's not weird to pray in a, in a public place or with other people. Because I do this all the time. I talk with my Father who is in heaven. And so I know that I'm talking with my Father. But what do they like to do? They love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners so that they may be seen by others. Oh, look at how righteous they are. Look at how pious they are. Look at how religious they are. Look at how good they are. We just want the focus every time to be, I'm not doing this for anybody else. If there's any question, and I I just have to stop and go, okay, why am I doing this right now? Who is this for? Who's this for? In fact, there have been times when I have been in places in public and I have not prayed for the very reasons that I should have been praying. That is to say that I have found myself in public before and gone, okay, I have a large family, there are a lot of people around, it would be a little bit disruptive and a little bit weird. So normally while we would pray as a family before a meal, I'm not going to do that in this place lest I be uh, disruptive to all the people around me. Why would I do that? Well, because I'm concerned about the other people around me. Why am I concerned about them? I'm worried about what they might say. I'm worried about what they might think. Instead of just going, you know what? This is, this is what we do as a family. We pray before a meal. And so whether we're out in public or in this, this space, whether there, there are people around that I don't know what they're going to think about this, here we go. Isn't that weird? That while Jesus says, uh, don't stand on the pr- corner and pray uh, to be seen by others, my temptation can be the opposite of that. Don't worry, Jesus. I'm not going to stand on any corner. I don't, want to know, I don't want even people to know that I pray. What is that about? Who are we trying to please? Who are we trying to please? 
And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Now, ne- next week, we'll be getting more into prayer. We're going to uh, talk about the, the Lord's Prayer, and we're going to talk about how we pray and what it looks like to pray. And so, we'll, we'll spend more time on that this week, but, this, but uh, uh, next week. But this week, I just want to highlight this, that the prayer should be sincere. When we go to talk to our Father who is in heaven, we recognize that He's the one that we're talking to. And so the prayer is sincere. If, if your prayer is sincere, if the, the person that you're talking to is your Father in heaven, then you don't need to worry about context. You don't need to worry about who else is there. You don't need to worry about if you're being a hypocrite or anything. You just, you and God, you're talking to your Father who is in heaven. And He sees and He hears and He knows. Whether that's in secret, whether that's in public, He's he's the, the one that we're talking to. And then He is the one who rewards us. He's the one who affirms us. He's the one who says, well done, well done. Because if I'm seeking the praises of people, I'm going to get that reward. I will be rewarded, and that will be the end. But what I really long for is that whatever anybody else thinks, whatever anybody else sees, that my Father who is in heaven sees what I am doing and looks and says, well done, well done, good and faithful child. Come and enter the joy of your heavenly Father. Let's pray. Lord, we want our worship to be true. We want it to be genuine. We want our prayer to be genuine. We want our giving to be genuine. We want our righteousness to be genuine. We want to be right before you. Lord, we know that we fail at this often and are thankful that Jesus makes us right by taking away our sin. And so that it is not our perfect performance, but our status as your children. And as your children, we delight to do the things that you delight in. Would you help us to do that this week? Lord, would you help us to honor you in all of our work? Would you help us to not be concerned about what others may think or say, about what we do and say? But that in true righteousness, we would care only about what you think. And we ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen.